Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by Liver Health Formula from Pure Health Research. For anyone looking to ignite their fat-burning metabolism, boost their energy, and transform how they look and feel, they must start taking care of their liver. Your liver is your body's master detoxifier. It performs over 500 key functions in your body every single day. It's responsible for cleansing and removing thousands of harmful toxins, man-made chemicals, alcohol, and dangerous food additives and preservatives. And after decades of wear and tear, our livers slow down and they become sluggish. And this is why so many of us struggle with weight gain and feeling tired all the time. Fortunately, there's a simple all-natural solution that I recommend. It's called Liver Health Formula. Liver Health Formula contains 12 powerful botanicals clinically proven to recharge and protect your liver at the cellular level. It helps restore your liver's detoxifying abilities. It boosts your energy levels and can kick your natural metabolism into high gear. It also works remarkably well to fight fatty liver, which is a silent epidemic affecting 100 million Americans. And right now, as a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you're going to receive a free 30-day supply of nano-powered omega-3. This powerful blend of omega-3 fatty acids supports a healthy heart and brain with four times better absorption thanks to this special nano delivery system. You're also getting four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health and longevity, regardless of age. Just go to getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 to claim your risk-free supply of liver health formula and all five bonus gifts. That's get liver help. So G E T L I V E R H E L P dot com forward slash jockers or call 800 282 1757. You're covered by their 365 day money back guarantee. So you have nothing to risk, but supplies are limited. So go head over to get liverhelp.com forward slash chalkers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 now to order liver health formula and claim your five free bonus gifts while you still can. That's getliverhelp.com forward slash chalkers or call 800-282-1757. This podcast is an audio recording of one of my most popular YouTube videos on the best strategies to improve vagal tone. And so if you don't know what vagal tone is, it refers to our vagus nerve, which is our major parasympathetic nerve that runs from the brainstem down into your heart, cardiovascular system, your digestive system. And I go through really the, the impact that the vagus nerve and vagal tone has on our overall health and physiology. And so many of you guys out there are dealing with poor vagal tone 
That is a modern day epidemic in our society, and it's at the root of chronic illness. And so I go through in this podcast, the best strategies to improve your vagal tone. If you know anybody that's dealing with anxiety, irritability, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, chronic inflammatory conditions, please share this podcast with them. This information can literally change and save their lives. And if you have not left us a five-star review, now is the time to do that. Just go to Apple iTunes, find the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll see the area where it says reviews. Go ahead and leave us a five-star review. That helps us reach more people and impact more lives with this message. Hey, this is Dr. David Jockers today, and I am talking about how to improve vagal tone for better mental and emotional energy. And so the vagus nerve is cranial nerve 10, and vagus is actually a Latin word for wandering. And that's because this nerve actually travels from the brainstem all the way down into our major organ system, our viscera. So it has a lot of different functions. It helps suppress inflammation via the cholinergic anti-inflammatory pathway. It helps decrease heart rate. So it helps kind of like a break on the heart rate, helps improve the tone of the vascular system. So the tone would be kind of the muscular activity, its ability to be elastic, um, to you know increase, decrease blood pressure. In general, it has more of a parasympathetic tone to it, the vagus nerve. It's part of the parasympathetic nervous system. And I'm gonna talk a lot more about what that means. But basically, it helps relax the blood vessels more so than constrict them. And it helps increase gastric juices. So that means stomach acid, bile, pancreatic enzymes. If you've been listening to me for any period of time, you know I'm huge on making sure we get enough stomach acid production. This is a really big issue when it comes to our digestion. We know that our stomach acid needs to be in a, in a very tight pH range. So at rest, it's usually around 3 to 3.5. Neutral pH is around 7. 7 is neutral pH. So it's very acidic even at rest. But if we're going to break down protein, like if we eat a steak, we need to get that stomach acid down around 1.5 to 2.2. So the jump from 3 down to you know 1.5 to 2.2 is actually very energy demanding. And it depends on activation of the vagus nerve to activate the stomach and the parietal cells in the stomach to produce the stomach acid. So very important for that. Also very important for bile production to emulsify fats, to uh, be antimicrobial in the small intestine, to help with nutrient absorption, as well as pancreatic enzymes. So very important for gut health is having good vagal tone. Liver health, it helps regulate insulin secretion, which is more of a kind of a pancreatic function but also helps regulate glucose homeostasis in the liver. So the liver is a main area where we have stored sugar. So if our blood sugar goes down, we're able to increase our blood sugar by breaking down stored glycogen, stored sugar in the liver. And so the vagus nerve helps play a role in regulating that. So we don't break down too much. We don't break down too little. For some individuals, they break down too much because they have poor vagal tone. So they actually increase their blood sugar too much uh, you know, between meals as their body is breaking down and creating something called gluconeogenesis, where we're breaking down sugar from stored forms and their blood sugar goes up and they keep their blood sugar up too much because they have poor vagal tone. For the mouth, it has to do with taste information. And it's also very important for gag reflex, swallowing and coughing. And that's important to remember as we go forward. 
Um, and we're, there's certain exercises we can do to help improve vagal tone utilizing some of these uh, some of these reflexes. Blood vessels, again, helps decrease vascular tone, kind of helps monitor that vascular tone and lower blood pressure, helps keep anxiety and depression at bay. It opposes the sympathetic response to stress, and that's an important thing to remember. So healthy vagal tone, it means that we are in a calm and peaceful uh, mindset and mood. We have good digestion and good bowel movements. We have a healthy pulse rate, healthy blood pressure, healthy blood sugar, and healthy body weight. And we have normal speech and swallowing ability. If we have all those things, we're feeling very calm, very joyful. We have good sleep as well. That's not on this, but uh, vagal activity is important for good, really deep restorative sleep, as well as good digestion and bowel movements, good pulse rate. So pulse isn't too high. It's not too low. Good, good blood pressure. A lot of people, you know, think they have good blood pressure, but it's actually too low. And that's a sign that we may have too strong a parasympathetic tone. And I'm going to go through that here shortly as well. And then healthy blood sugar and body weight. So when we have poor vagal tone, we might have episodes of hypoglycemia where our blood sugar just drops too low. We get hangry, irritable, um, have major cravings, you know, different issues like that, or we might have too much, too high blood sugar and have hyperglycemia and high insulin and insulin resistance and excess visceral fat. So all these things are important to remember, normal speech, swallowing ability. Um, again, that activation of the palate and the larynx, very important for vagal. That's a very important vagal function. So that's important as well. You'll find some people that they have trouble swallowing pills, for example, or they have a heightened gag reflex where it's like a lot of things just make them gag. The texture of certain foods makes them gag. They can't swallow certain things. Um, that could be a sign of poor vagal tone. So all good things to remember. And we're looking at the nervous system. You know, for, for forever, we've broken it down into really like two major parts of what we call our autonomic nervous system. Autonomic means automatic, right? It's like the part of our nervous system that we don't have to think about. We don't have to think about our body digesting food. We don't have to think about uh, our heart rate, you know, our, our, our lungs taking in and, ex, you know, exchanging oxygen and carbon dioxide. We don't think about these things, but it's all being done. And that's being done by that automatic part of our nervous system. Parasympathetic is kind of like the brakes. Sympathetic is the gas, right? It's the fight or flight. It's survival. It's activation. When we exercise, we're activating our sympathetic nervous system. When we're feeling a lot of pressure under stress, um, you know, somebody cuts us off on the road, um, you know, we feel at risk, you know, we feel scared. That's all going to be sympathetic nervous system activity. Parasympathetic is the breaks to that. Helps us put, put us in a relaxed state. And when we're in a relaxed state, we can really, our body can actually heal, regenerate cells and can digest food. Digesting food is very energy demanding. And so we are not putting much energy into digestion when we are in fight or flight. And an example of this is, you know, when you were growing up, your mom probably told you, don't go swimming, you know, wait 45 minutes after you eat before you go swimming. Why is that? Because if you went swimming right after you ate a big meal, you would get a cramp. And that's because swimming or any sort of, you know, exercise is sympathetic driven. And that brings, uh, brings oxygen, nutrients, blood flow to the skeletal muscles and away from the digestive tract. When we eat a meal, we need to get the blood flow and the activation into our digestive tract so we can produce enough stomach acid, bile, pancreatic enzymes, so we can really break down, digest that meal, 
And so children usually can go through that process pretty quick. So that's why 45 minutes, it would eat a meal, 45 minutes, it would get out of the stomach into the small intestine. We'd have released the majority, if not all of the digestive juices needed to break down that meal. And we wouldn't need to have the vagal nerve activity. And therefore we can now get into sympathetic mode where we're you know, doing some sort of exercise. For adults, oftentimes we've got to wait a few hours um, I know for myself, if I ate a big meal, 45 minutes would not be enough before I go and swim. So usually I try to do that several hours between meals, um, you know, to make sure that I've gotten all the parasympathetic tone that I need to digest the meal well, and then go into sympathetic mode. And this is also why I like to exercise on an empty stomach, typically fully fasted, fasted for, you know, a long time. Oftentimes I'll, fa I'll work out around midday and I haven't eaten since, you know, dinner the night before. And I feel really good because you know, I, I I don't need to have the parasympathetic tone. I can have the activated sympathetic tone, get a great workout in. And then, you know, shortly after I finish working out, eat. And, and while I'm eating, you know, be in a more of a relaxed state and do things that are not, you know, overly stressful after I eat. So that way I can really focus my, my, my physiology can focus on parasympathetic dominance and producing the digestive juices I need to really digest my meal effectively. So that's important to remember. And this is a great quote from Dr. Bruce Lipton. You can't be in growth and protection at the same time. So parasympathetic is about growth. Sympathetic is about protection, right? So it's important. Now, to add a little bit of a confounding factor, there's something called the polyvagal theory. It's a little bit, you know, uh, it, it advances this idea of fight or flight versus rest and digest. And it breaks the vagal tone into two major systems. We have the ventral vagal nerve, which is ventral basically means in a um, you know physiology perspective, it's kind of the front. The front part of the vagus nerve has to do more with um, being engaged, grounded, compassionate, mindful. It's kind of the, the state of thriving. Sympathetic nervous system, again, super important, really key for uh, adapting to stress, right? Adapting to stress, exercise, moving our body quickly. We need higher amounts of blood sugar because we need quick energy. You know, we may not have the presence of oxygen because we have to move quickly. We need to be able to react quickly. So sometimes, you know, fight or flight, you're thinking anger, you know, some of these more aggressive behaviors. Uh, and that's normal when we're in sympathetic nervous system activity. It gives us a competitive drive oftentimes, but we should only be in that sympathetic activation for short periods of time. We shouldn't be in there for very long, just short periods of time, like if we're exercising or if we're adapting to a sudden stressor, and then we're able to move out of that and hopefully back into parasympathetic tone. If we don't, if we're in that sympathetic fight or flight for a long period of time, Eventually, our body moves into the dorsal portion of the vagus nerve. The unmyelinated myelination is where we have these myelin sheaths around the nervous system, and that helps conduct stronger, faster neurological activity. So the unmyelinated portion of the vagus nerve is the part associated with shutdown and gives us kind of like a numb, depressed, hopeless, disassociated response. So when somebody hits a point of depression, typically their body has been in a state of fight or flight for a longer period of time than they should. They've kind of hit their point of, you know, overloading their system. And now they've moved into this state of shutdown or the dorsal portion of the vagus nerve, which is kind of like a hibernation type of mode, right? It's like, which just kind of wants us to rest. I mean, you think about it like when you have the flu or something like that, 
you know, you really can't think straight. You just kind of want to rest, relax your body, you know, and, uh, you know, you're not, you're not feeling your best, right? So it's kind of your system's overloaded. Well, some people are like that when they don't have the flu, they're just, they've been in fight or flight for so long that now they have hit the shutdown portion. So this is another slide here that helps us understand this. So the ventral vagal activation, kind of your attitude is I'm feeling at ease and can manage whatever comes my way. I feel empowered and connected. I see the big picture and connect to the world and people in it. This is really a state of thriving. And that's where we want to be most of the time. We're not going to always be there. Uh, certainly, we need sympathetic activation at times. And in fact, actually, it can be very healthy. But we want to glide between the ventral vagal activation and sympathetic activation for short periods of time. And as much as possible, we want to avoid dorsal vagal activation. Um, you know, most people experience some level of dorsal vagal activation at times during very stressful seasons of their life, but hopefully it's just for a very short period and we're able to get back into, you know, the state of ventral vagal activation and thriving. So again, the sympathetic activation, the attitude is I'm getting overwhelmed and having a hard time keeping up. I feel anxious and irritated. The world seems dangerous, chaotic, and unfriendly. And then, you know, again, hopefully we get that balanced and get into ventral vagal activation. If not, we move into the dorsal vagal activation, which is the attitude of I'm buried under a huge load and I cannot get out. I'm alone in my despair. The world is empty, dead, and dark. And we've probably all experienced people that unfortunately are in this position, maybe ourselves at, at, at times. And really, you know, it's super important that we're doing exercises to help activate proper vagal tone and move us back into ventral vagal activation. I just want to take a moment, interrupt this podcast to tell you about Paleo Valley's organic super greens. They've got 23 organic superfoods, all made into a powerful powder. And these superfoods have their own unique benefit for boundless natural energy that you can get in one scoop of this powder. And the cool thing is there is no cereal grasses. A lot of you guys are concerned about cereal grass because research has come out showing that things like wheatgrass, barley grass, actually contain a lectin called wheat germ, a glutenin or WGA, which for some individuals is very inflammatory. And so Paleo Valley made these organic super greens without any of those cereal grasses. They only use the finest, most bioavailable superfoods to help your body absorb those valuable vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and enzymes found in each delicious servings. No fillers, no indigestible ingredients, just 23 nutrient-rich organic superfoods full of the nutrients you need for a vibrant, healthy life. And it's super simple. It only takes you 30 seconds. Just take a scoop put it in water or put it in, you know, a beverage of your choice to get these great benefits. You can check it out by going to paleovalley.com forward slash jockers and use the, using the coupon code jockers at checkout to save 15% off today. Guys, try it out. You guys are going to love these, this greens powder. Again, you know, the state of thriving is kind of this continuous flux where we get a little bit of sympathetic activation back into parasympathetic, a little bit of that sympathetic back into parasympathetic. Um, when we have high levels of sympathetic, we start moving up, you know, and, and it, when it's present for a, an extended period of time, we move into that dorsal activation where it's more of a freeze, right? So we're kind of body collapse, immobility, we're not able to really cope with the stress that we're under. It's a burnout, it's a state of burnout. 
Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a good place, right? Uh, it's a low endorphin place where we don't have the endorphins. We have, uh, you know, increased pain threat, you know, increased pain in our system and just, we're not able to, to function at our best. And so hopefully, you know, we're able to get and maintain in that ventral vagal state. And that's what we're looking for. So, yeah, I mentioned how the vagus nerve plays a really key role in this kind of gut brain axis is communication patterns. So the gut is constantly communicating to the brain. The brain is constantly communicating to the gut. The major nerve that's leading that is the vagus nerve. It's the communication, bidirectional communication pathway between the gut and between the brain. It helps activate motility, sort of moving feces through. And it's the, you know, the different neurotransmitters that are pre being produced in the gut interact with the vagus nerve, giving the brain signals as far as what's happening there in the gut. And this is why we call the gut the second brain. There's a lot of neurotransmitters in there, lots of um, uh, sensory information that's taking place, motor activity that's taking place, and it's all feedback into the brain through that vagus, through the sensory system of the vagus. And then of course, the vagus also has the motor end that's helping activate the gut as well. So whatever's happening in the gut is going to really dramatically impact vagal tone. Now, major causes of poor vagal tone, chronic stress and poor sleep, really big in our society. Early childhood traumatic experiences. Most people that are experiencing this, this dorsal uh, vagal activity typically have had some major traumatic experiences, maybe, you know, sexual uh, or, or, um, physical abuse when they were young. And so that's really unfortunate, but, um, that's a major contributor, head injuries, concussions, things like that. Um, definitely will throw off vagal tone, poor breathing mechanics, poor posture, poor breathing mechanics play a big role. The way we breathe helps to activate or deactivate parasympathetic activity, vagal activity, chronic infections. You know, we talked about the gut brain. So chronic infections, most of the time in the gut, will impact vagal tone as well. Blood sugar imbalances. We talked about how important vagal tone is for keeping blood sugar stable. So for eating foods that cause major blood sugar imbalances, that's going to throw off, it's going to overload the vagal activity and to try to balance it and can cause poor vagal tone. And then high toxic load, toxins, neurotoxins, mycotoxins. So heavy metals, uh, pesticides, herbicides, mold, and mycotoxins all dramatically impact uh, vagal nerve activity. Now, a couple tests we can do for vagal tone. One is called the pupillary constriction test. So when a light is shine in the eyes, the pupil should constrict for at least 10 seconds for dilating. So constricting would mean shrink and should hold for at least 10 seconds before it kind of gives out and then dilates, meaning that the pupil gets bigger, right? So it gets smaller, holds, and then it will get bigger. If it constricts, so if it gets smaller and then dilates in less than 10 seconds, or it fails to constrict, doesn't even constrict at all, could be a sign of poor vagal tone. So when somebody has height, heightened sympathetic activity, oftentimes it will constrict, but it will give out after a few, you know, four or five, six seconds. You'll just see it pulsating and then boom, give out. When somebody is in that dorsal ventral, or I'm sorry, dorsal vagal uh, tone, right. When they're, when they're, uh, dorsal dominated ventral activity. So they're, you know, in that state of, um, <clears throat> burnout, 
oftentimes it won't even constrict or it will constrict and blow out right away and just dilate right away. Now, second thing is heart rate to breath rate comparison. So, and, and for the people are constriction test, really you just take like a little pen light you're kind of shining it near the person's eyes and it's mildly irritating, right? It's irritating kind of the eye, but should be able to hold that for about 10 seconds. So that's kind of the standard there. Heart rate to breath rate comparison. Normal heart rate is 60 to 100 beats per minute. Normal breath rate is 12 to 20 breaths per minute. This is roughly a five to one ratio. The ratio is more than five to one. So if the heart rate is up higher than the breath rate, it could be a sign of poor vagal tone. So let's say your heart rate is 80 and your breath rate is uh, 12, right? That ratio would be more than five to one. So your heart rate's just, it's it's much higher than it should be for the amount of breaths you're taking. That's a sign of poor vagal tone. Heart rate variability. This is something you can do, like there's certain tests. There's also um, like kind of things that you can wear, like the aura ring, things like that, that will tell you your heart rate variability. And that's the variance between heartbeats. It can be measured on various wearable devices. Blood pressure, normal blood pressure level should be between 100 at the top. So systolic should be 100 to 140 over 70 to 90 diastolic. If this is abnormally high or low, it can be an indication of poor vagal tone. So if your blood pressure is 160 over 100, right, could be poor vagal tone. Obviously, inflammation plays a role in that. Um, now, this, you know, it should be a resting blood pressure, not like a blood pressure you're taking when you're exercising. Then it should be up higher. For a lot of people, and like for me, I know when I had irritable bowel and I was dealing with HPA axis dysfunction, my blood pressure would regularly be somewhere around like 100 or like 90 over 50. It was really, really low. And that was a sign that I was not getting the sympathetic activation. So I was actually in a dorsal vagal activity, right? Which is not where we want to be. So it wasn't a place where I could heal. And that's because I had gut infections. Um, I was living in a home with mold and mycotoxins and it was wearing down my system. And I was back in my early twenties. Orthostatic hypotension. This is another thing we can check. This is when blood pressure doesn't rise quick enough when an individual goes from sitting to standing, which can result in feelings of dizziness and poor balance. This is pretty easy to, to see. I mean, you can test blood pressure, but really it's just going from sitting to standing. So you sit, you stand up, you sit for five minutes, let's say, then you go ahead and you stand up. You should feel fine. You should be able to stand up, experience no issue, just go right into whatever you want to do next. If you feel dizzy and it's hard to maintain your balance, that's a sign of orthostatic hypotension. You're not getting the vagal activity enough to get the blood pressure to regulate and uh, get more blood flow up into the brain. So that's an issue. So let's look at some solutions. The importance of intentional breathing. This is a great quote by Sheldon Hendler, uh, MD, PhD. From the, he wrote the book called The Oxygen Breakthrough. He says, breathing is the first place, not the last place one should investigate when any disordered energy presents itself. So it's super important. We know slow, deep breathing could trigger a relaxation response in the body that slows the heart and re reduces stress. Breathing through the nose or nasal breathing filters the air is better for oxygen uptake, actually increases uh, nasal nitric oxygen, which helps dilate the blood vessels in the brain. Very, very key for um, overall neurological activity. The exhale, which slows the heart rate, should be longer than the inhale. So we should actually be taking longer exhalations than inhalations. 
We should keep our shoulders as relaxed as possible. The neck and shoulder muscles shouldn't be part of the breathing process. Take a bigger breath by forcing your abdomen to expand. As the diaphragm extends, it pushes your ribs out. So just good breathing form in general can make a big difference. Being a state of gratitude, right? Really refocusing your mind on gratitude is super critical for having healthy vagal tone. People who are grateful have more resilience. They're able to adapt to stress more effectively. Little things don't get to them the way they do for people that lack uh, gratitude. For people that lack gratitude, it's almost like for many individuals, they're looking for reasons to be offended. Something happens, they get offended, and they dwell on that. And by dwelling on that, they create more stress. And so they're they're activating more of that sympathetic nervous system activity, and eventually they're going to move from ventral to dorsal vagal activity and get more depressed. And so we want to really focus on, on gratitude as much as possible and being an individual that's grateful. And a couple tips for that is keep a daily journal of three things you're thankful for. Every day, daily journal, three things you're thankful for. Have conversations with your family or your loved ones, people that are close to you, your friends, whoever it is that's you know around you the most about things that you're thankful for each day. Tell someone in your life something you appreciate about them every day, your spouse, your friends. Tell them, uplift them, encourage them, and that will help you. And it will help your, it will help activate more of your ventral vagal tone, which is that state of thriving. Um, silence the negative. Make an effort not to complain. Again, choose to think differently. Not, don't be offended. Don't look for reasons to complain. Instead, look for reasons to be grateful and thankful. Now, really focusing in on a good night's sleep is super important. So these are the things that we want to do for good sleep hygiene. One is avoid caffeine within eight hours of sleeping. So if you're going to bed at 10, ideally you're not consuming caffeine after, let's say, 8 p.m. I'm sorry, after 2 p.m. So eight hours, so it'd be 2 p.m. You don't want to eat within three hours of sleeping or exercise within three hours of sleeping um, because you know eating too late at night is going to interfere with your ability to get into a state of deep sleep and interfere with the key hormones needed for really good restorative sleep. And exercising late at night activates that sympathetic nervous system, can throw off your circadian rhythm. So you want to exercise earlier in the day. You want to get good sun exposure during the day. That actually helps set your circadian rhythm. When you get good sun exposure during the you know early hours or midday, that actually helps your body produce more melatonin so you can get great sleep at night. After dark, you want to avoid bright lights. So you want to turn off all the bright lights in your home. Ideally, just have kind of light, you know, very, very mild lighting. Ideally, more of like an orange light or orange bulb that's um, not, you know, not emitting a lot of blue light. <clears throat> and you can wear blue light blocking glasses as well. So if you're on screens, things like that, that emit blue light, you've got blue light blocking glasses, which are kind of orange tinted glasses to make things look more like, um, you know, you're, you're in candlelight or something like that. You want to wind down at 9 p.m. So you shouldn't have goals that you're trying to accomplish uh, after nine. You shouldn't be working, trying to have goals. You can do relax, you know, relaxation activities, read books, have a light conversation, listen to some music, um, but nothing that's going to get you really, you know, hyped up and overactivated. That's important. And then when you're going to sleep, keep your room as dark as possible. Have your room cool. I like to have an overhead fan, you know, keeping my room somewhere between 65, 70 degrees for me helps me sleep really good. And I use a sleep mask. So I have my 
room as dark as I can, but then I also put a sleep mask on and that helps block out any sort of tangent light. And that's really key as well. So these are all great tips for good sleep. Make sure you're laughing. Laughing stimulates endorphins. It helps to activate more oxytocin, which balances cortisol and other stress hormones. It actually enhances creativity. So the endorphins, as well as it helps activate and improve neurotransmitter sensitivity in your brain, which can enhance creativity, boosts anti-aging hormones. So some of our major sex hormones, testosterone oftentimes can be boosted, um, growth hormone when we're laughing and we're kind of enjoying ourselves, And obviously we just feel significantly better. It connects us to the people around us. So that's that oxytocin effect. So laughter can be really helpful. Now, some other natural techniques for stimulating the vagus nerve. And, you know, this is going back to things we talked about with what vagal activity is doing. So singing is actually like humming, chanting, singing are all exercises that have been shown to increase heart rate variability. That's that kind of uh, tone between each heartbeat. And that's a great measurement. That's the that is the gold standard measurement of our vagal tone is our heart rate variability. Higher heart rate variability is linked with reduced morbidity and mortality. So reduced risk of disease and death and improved psychological well-being and quality of life. So singing can be a really great stimulus for the vagus nerve. Laughing, like I talked about, like singing, that can increase heart rate variability, um, particularly when it's done in a group setting. So when you're laughing with others, that actually is more beneficial than just laughing on your own, although that can be helpful as well. Gargling, so that seems interesting, like just taking water and gargling. Um, but that actually stimulates the muscles of the palate and has been shown to improve working memory performance and vagal activity. So that can be really helpful. Deep breathing. We know breathing slowly and deeply activates the vagus nerve, sends messages to the brain that help lower your blood pressure and heart rate. Cold exposure. So exposure to cold dampens the fight or flight response. So it could just be like cold water that you kind of put on your face in the morning or something like that. Could be a cold shower. Could be, you know, doing a... Um, like, you know, cold immersion, cold water immersion or cryotherapy, all of those things can be really helpful for vagal tone exercise, just getting good, regular exercise. Now you don't want to overtrain. You don't want to do too much, but getting regular movement. So getting out, walking, getting your body moving every single day, ideally in the sun, getting sun exposure, super important as well for vagal activity and overall quality of life. Um, but getting out and moving every day, and then also doing some resistance training a few days a week, like three, four days a week, lifting some weights or doing some body weight exercises to help strengthen your body. Very, very good for overall vagal tone and overall quality of life. So that can be really helpful. Thoughtful meditation and prayer, um, super critical. That can help calm your brain, help activate vagal tone. So things to be looking to do. Now, eating a healthy diet that is you know, gets rid of refined grains, really all grains, all deep fried foods, um, all your, you know, processed foods, your grain fed meats, your fast foods, your commercial salad dressings, all the bad oils, the seed oils, corn oil, soybean, safflower, cottonseed, peanut oil, your trans fats, your partially hydrogenated oils, getting rid of those things. Those things all jack up your sympathetic nervous system additives, preservatives, artificial sweeteners, get rid of all that stuff. And instead, focus on high protein from grass-fed, pasture-fed, pasture-raised meat, poultry, wild game, wild-caught seafood, bone broth, vegetable broth. You're getting good protein from that. 
um, eggs, pasture-raised eggs, another good, good source. Get a lot of healthy fats. That's going to be your avocados, your extra virgin olive oil, your coconut oil, your grass-fed butter, all really good sources of healthy fat. And then get a lot of polyphenols. You're going to get those things from lemons, limes, berries, different fruit, non-starchy vegetables, herbs like basil, oregano, thyme, rosemary, sage, garlic, onions, chives, ginger, turmeric, all super good. And then get some fermented vegetables as well, apple cider vinegar, fermented veggies, um, sauerkraut, kimchi, things like that, all really good for gut health and supporting that vagal tone. So that's what we want to focus on there. Intermittent fasting can be really helpful as well. Take stress off of your system, helps get rid of, helps to modulate your microbiome in a positive way, gets rid of excess amounts of primary feeding bacteria and helps the secondary feeders that live deep in the gut mucosa, um, helps them to thrive. And that's things like acromansia mucinophilia. Mucinophilia means mucus loving. And acromansia mucinophilia lives in the gut mucosa, can eat the gut mucosa. And when we are intermittent fasting, it's been shown to actually increase the quantity of the acromansia mucinophilia. And across the board, that has been shown to help reduce the risk of metabolic disease and really all, all cause chronic disease in our system. And one of the things, one of the interesting things acromansia does is it breaks down polyphenols and converts them into something called urolithin A, for example. And urolithin A has been shown to break down bad mitochondria within the intestinal cells, within the enterocytes, and uh, turn them into good, healthy mitochondria to create more, more stronger, more stress-resilient gut lining and reduce inflammation in the body. So intermittent fasting, one of the best things we can do for vagal tone, gut health, keeping inflammation under control. Simple thing you can do is just an overnight 12-hour fast so you don't eat from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And then as you're experimenting, when you wake up in the morning, drink some water, drink 16, 18 ounces of water. Should be pretty easy to fast for 14 hours, going from, let's say, 7 p.m. to 9 a.m. And then you could experiment with pushing that fast out to 16 or 18 hours. Um, and you may just do it two or three days a week. We call that crescendo or cycle fasting. Um, and for some individuals, they just feel their best when they're fasting 16, 18 hours. So they're doing that most days. And for some individuals, they feel even better pushing that fast longer, going 19, 20 hours, maybe eating two hour, two meals in like a four or five hour eating window, or even just doing like one meal a day. And that's something you may do once a week. Like I do, I do a one day fast, a full 24 hour fast each week, one day for other individuals, especially individuals that are very overweight. They actually feel, some of them feel really good just doing this on a regular basis. They only eat one or maybe like, you know, a small, you know, basically like one meal and, and roughly like an, a one hour eating window for some individuals. I'll do it, you know, over like a two or three hour eating window, but it's, you know, it's, it's just very, very compressed eating window and there's tremendous anti-inflammatory benefits there. And there's also benefits for activating vagal tone improving vagal tone and improving heart rate variability when you do that. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite supplements. It's called curcumin gold. You guys know I'm a huge advocate of turmeric, this Indian spice and the different polyphenols and compounds in there that help reduce inflammation. The most well-studied is curcumin. Curcumin has been shown to outperform your typical non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen, Advil, and Tylenol in many different studies by reducing pain and inflammation. 
without the harmful side effects. And what I love about the curcumin gold is that it contains turmeric curcumin extract. It contains vegan omega-3s made from algae, the long chain uh, omega-3 called DHA, which is so powerful for the brain, so powerful for heart health and reducing inflammation. It also has ginger oil. Those carefully selected ingredients support healthy joint function and address the root cause of inflammation within your body. Now, trust me when I say you won't find anything else on the market quite like this. In fact, my friends over at Purality Health have a patented formula that utilizes something called micelle liposomal technology, which delivers nutrients directly into your bloodstream. And it's proven to be 800% more efficient than traditional supplements. Even better, it's backed by a 180-day money-back guarantee. And today, we have a 30% off coupon just for you. Visit PurityHealth.com. Use the coupon DRJ to access 30% off today. I mentioned movement, how critical that is, um, not only for vagal tone, but it improves circulation in general, stimulates lymphatic drainage, enhances tissue oxygenation, so it improves the oxygen extraction uh, from the blood into the tissues of the body, balances key brain neurotransmitters, reduces stress and tension on the body. That's kind of the, the parasympathetic effect. Helps improve mood and happiness and enhances mental clarity and memory. So getting regular movement every day, ideally, you know, when you're able to, getting it outside is even better. And then doing some resistance training, strength training. I think that's really important as well to maintain lean body tissue. Now, a couple of other movements, just kind of focused body movements. <clears throat> some people call this like yoga. Some people call it stretching, Pilates. You know, they're all components of these focused body movements, but stretching, holding certain exercise, you know, certain movements and certain poses has been shown to help calm the mind, improve focus, boost confidence, improve memory, bring happiness, promotes positive thinking, reduces headaches, um, improves, you know, really all points of quality of life. Everybody that act that does focus body movements, okay, could be Tai Chi, that's another one. Everybody that's doing this regularly, yoga, Pilates, um, just stretching, you know, whatever you want, however you want, whatever you want to call it, Tai Chi, whatever your form of this is, they tell me they feel significantly better. Quality of life is significantly improved. Obviously, it helps them maintain a certain amount of lean body mass, uh, helps strengthen their core, but they're also just their, the brain benefits are incredible. Chiropractic care. Chiropractic care has been shown to help balance vagal tone, modulate vagal, vagal tone and improve heart rate variability. So something I would definitely recommend, acupuncture is another modality that can be very beneficial for vagal tone. And then magnesium. If there's one supplement I think about when I think about vagal activity, I think magnesium. When you are magnesium deficient, that is going to throw off your, your fight or flight response, your ability to adapt to stress and can really put you in a bad place when it comes to vagal tone. So magnesium we know it's really powerful for stress and anxiety. It helps balance blood sugar, stabilizes the major stress hormones like cortisol, helps improve GABA levels, which is the breaks in the brain to help prevent against um, you know, irritability, anxiety, uh, worry, you know, all the, the kind of trouble uh, thoughts, right? Depressive symptoms, helps reduce brain inflammation. 
improves neuroplasticity and BDNF activity and helps detoxify heavy metals. So magnesium is really key. I love using magnesium. It's a crucial nutrient supporting more than 300 functions in your body. Very important for good, deep sleep, a calm, relaxed nervous system, pain relief, relaxed muscles, cellular energy production. So make sure you're getting a good form of magnesium and using that regularly. If you feel like you've had mood issues, you've been under stress, your brain is just not thriving, definitely get a good magnesium form. Some good forms would be magnesium malate, which is energizing, um, helps with metabolism, reduces muscle pain, magnesium glycinate. So magnesium basically is carried by different amino acids, right? And so glycinate would be like glycine basically. Um, it's relaxing, gut friendly, and good for nerve pain. Citrate is another good one. Magnesium citrate is a very common one. Relaxing, reducing muscle pain, good for kidneys. Torate and orotate are good. They're for cardiovascular health. Chloride, magnesium chloride is good for detoxifying and good for kidneys. And the best one when it comes to vagal activity and, and anything related to brain health is magnesium L3 and 8. And a lot of times you can find a combination, like for example, magnesium L3 and 8 with magnesium malate or magnesium glycinate. A lot of times you can find a combination of these, but L3 and 8 is the best for brain injuries. So concussions, um, post-traumatic stress, depression, anxiety, memory, learning, neurodegenerative disorders, magnesium L3 and 8 is the way to go. Now, what you want to avoid is uh, you want to avoid magnesium um, oxide unless you're trying to clear your bowels. That form is really just best as a bowel cleanser. We'll get your bowels moving. So if you're constipated, using an oxygenated form of magnesium could be really helpful. But when you are you know, looking for brain benefits, don't use magnesium oxide, which is the most common one you'll see out, out in the market. So find a good form of magnesium and use that. I would recommend at least 100 milligrams of whatever you know form you're using, 100 to 200 at a minimum. Most people do pretty well in that 200 to 400 range. Some people need 600 milligrams or even a gram, right? And, and really divide your dose. Do maybe two to 400 milligrams at one sitting. Don't do more than that unless you're really trying to clear out your bowels. Um, then you can do a high dose and it will clear your bowels. But divide the dose. So do two, three times a day, somewhere around, let's say, 200 milligrams, 100, 200 milligrams, two to three times a day, and you'll see the best benefits there with that. Um, use adaptogenic herbs, things like ashwagandha, holy basil, uh, rhodiola. These can all be really, really helpful. Ginseng, these sort of herbs help build, help the body build metabolic reserve to adapt to the stressors of life. Stress pulls our body away from metabolic homeostasis and adaptogens help bring our physiology back into a state of balance and homeostasis. So these are herbs that have adapted to significant geographical stressors. So whether it was cold temperatures, hot, very hot temperatures, lots of UV light, lots of predators, um, whether they were molds, fungus, um, bacteria, parasites, insects, they have all these different stressors that they're under and they have to adapt to those. And so they develop compounds. Some of the most well-studied are compounds called tertrapenes that have this kind of balancing effect on the physiology. They're all antimicrobial. They are all antioxidative. So they, they help blunt oxidative stress coming from UV light, for example. They help tone the immune system, help tone the vagal system. And we, we know when we consume them, they can, we confer those benefits. And so 
These are some of the great ones. Again, ashwagandha, rhodiola, ginseng, um, holy basil, maca. Um, there's a lot of really good ones. Lemon balm. So a lot of these different types of herbs can be super supportive. And you can find the ones that seem to work best for you. Passion flowers, another one. Some of them are very calming. So they're better kind of in the evening. Most people notice that they feel better. They sleep better. Using things like chamomile, valerian, uh, passion flower, lavender, lemon balm. Those tend to all be more calming. Ones that tend to be a little bit more energizing would be rhodiola, ginseng, maca, um, Siberian ginseng, which is also called eleuthero. Those tend to be more energizing. And then ashwagandha is more of a toning. Like it helps, it can help with energy. It can help with uh, relaxation. So it's really good kind of multifunctional one. Although most of them have a multifunctional component and, and people respond differently. For some people, they they get a lot of energy when they can when they have rhodiola. Uh, for others, they feel more of a calming, relaxing effect in their brain. Uh, and so it just can really depend on the individual too. So, but adaptogens can be helpful and rotating them and finding the ones that you feel like you're thriving with are really good. And then there's this great device called the brain tap. The brain tap is really powerful. It utilizes a combination of binaural beats, um, guided visualization. It has got um, lights. So these kind of uh, blinking lights, which play a big role with actually activating certain regions of the brain. And it's all science backed and it's been shown to help sharpen the mind, improve vagal tone, provides freedom from stress, delivers blissful sleep, keeps the brain lively and youthful. A lot of people have used this, this technique, this strategy, and they found it to be significantly better than, than counseling uh, for post-traumatic stress, for, um, People that, you know, for individuals that have dealt with domestic abuse, dealt with, um, you know, sexual abuse or physical abuse when they were young, they've really had great breakthroughs and it's something that they can do on a daily basis at home. So it can work in conjunction with something like counseling, or it can be kind of a standalone that a lot of people have used as long as they're using it regularly to help reshape their brain, provide neuroplasticity and um, break through a lot of things that have challenged them in the past and really maintain a high level of ventral vagal activity, high level of thriving. So another great thing to consider would be the brain tap device. You can check that out. In fact, if you go to drjockers.com, you just type in brain tap, or you type in uh, our article on vagal tone, you'll actually find more information about the brain tap at the bottom of the article and a special discounted offer for you that you can check out as well. So just check that out on drjockers.com. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this training. We went deep on vagal tone and strategies you can do to improve it. This is something we should all be thinking about and doing on a regular basis. You know, you're at some level of vagal tone. You want to constantly be at your best so you can really thrive in life. So take this to heart and share this with the people that you know and that you care about. Everybody be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I wanna thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you wanna dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. 
We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.